Informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. And thank you for joining us here on AOA, Agriculture of America, as we broadcast live here from Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas. Happy to have you with us once again. We've got a great show lined up for you here today on AOA. We're going to talk markets with Jacob Burks from agmarket.net coming up here in segment two. Get his thoughts on, on where these markets stand currently as we are beginning the month of March. Also, we are with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association here today. We are going to talk about the National Corn Yield Contest coming up here with Linda Lambert. We'll also talk about Commodity Classic and how NCGA uses Classic to kind of elevate the brand and engage with folks with Beth Musgrove here later in the show. So a lot to get to here today on AOA. Today's program as well, we're with our friends at the Corn Growers. It's also brought to you by our friends at Cenex and their premium diesel and lubricant lineup. And Cenex premium diesels, of course, Hard work, long hours, extreme conditions aren't new, and those premium diesels from Cenex will meet the demands of today's toughest engines. Premium diesel to keep you going. Learn more at Cenex.com. Joining us now as well, a great partner, of course. You know, you think about the corn growers, the wheat growers, sorghum, et cetera. We also have the soybean side of the equation here at Commodity Classic. And joining us now with the United Soybean Board, Don Weiss is with us from Indiana. Don, it's good to see you. Thanks for joining me here today. Great to be here today. Well, I know, of course, uh, you know, just kind of talking Commodity Classic, such a great show, great attendance again this year, a lot of uh, conversations with folks, you know, it's just kind of an opportunity to connect and network, isn't it? It's become a premier show through the through the uh, the years that it's uh, grown and uh, setting a lot of records on attendance, a number of people here, uh, a lot of these industry partners are bringing their new latest and greatest to the industry and and fun to see and glad to be here. Well, and I think too, in terms of the soybean side, United Soybean Board and more, you guys get to talk with a lot of growers about some of the new uses and things that you guys are, are working towards and where those checkoff dollars are going, et cetera, et cetera. And I know uh, that's, that's always a, a big topic of conversation when everyone gets together, isn't it, Don? Oh, absolutely. You know, when we when we look at that checkoff dollar and and sitting on the United Soybean Board and and being an Indiana representative, you know, it's a it's of extreme importance to me. It's why I joined uh, the uh, United Soybean Board was to manage that checkoff dollar most effectively and look at new ways as we as we look at expanding crush in the U.S. and 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 more product as, as well as a growing market down south in South America. You know, it's important that we continue to innovate and come up with new new products as well as uh, promote and and move that soybean meal and soybean around the world. Definitely. Well, talk to me about high oleic soybeans. That's that's a topic that we hear now and again. And I know that's something that you've you kind of focused in on as well a little bit and, and have some experience with. So, I mean, thinking about high oleic, I know that it's it's somewhat of a a regional thing right now across the country, but a very good opportunities there with high oleic soybeans, Don. I think it's one of the home runs that uh, Chekhov has, has been able to hit here over the last decade. You know, when you think about the high oleic soybean, you know, we, it, we bring a healthier soybean oil to the marketplace. And so there is a market for and a demand for that healthier oil. 
And so when you look at the amount of checkoff investment, it, it was a sizable amount. We spent millions of dollars to bring that and help bring that to the marketplace. But when you look at the premiums that have been paid back to the U.S. farmer, you know, it's well over 200 million. So we have easily captured more uh, benefit than what that mm-hmm. cost has been. And it's just a fantastic story to say, you know, or to explain to uh, the U.S. farmers, as, you know, and, and, and show that that value uh, has been returned. What are some of the differences, if many, with, with growing high oleic soybeans? I mean, can you, can you share that if, if folks are still kind of, you know, they've heard the term, but they've never really dove into the topic? Sure. Uh, we actually raise high oleic soybeans on our farm in northern Indiana, and we have done so for multiple years. Uh, I guess the great news on this is that we're getting a premium for those soybeans. It is also a high-yielding soybean. Mm-hmm. So we are seeing no yield drag, and uh, the... The benefit of the oil, not only is it a healthier oil for food consumption, it's also showing well in industrial uses and and fryer life. So, you know, it is bringing like a double length of time that you can keep that oil in a fryer and 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 still see the benefit and the viscosity of that oil. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a lot of great uses there. And I think things like high oleic, I know you guys have you know, found uses for soy in, in rubber, for instance, and, and sketcher shoes and things like that, all these different new uses. I think it all comes back to kind of the economic sustainability of soybeans, doesn't it, Don? Sustainability, you know, continues to be a journey that uh, all of us on the in, in the industry are, are on. And, you know, it's, 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 it has a, a, a big presence here at Commodity Classic, yeah. as it should. You know, there, there are a lot of end users and, and consumers that are, are wanting to make sure that we are, are taking care of the, uh, the, the world that we live in and, and taking care of the earth here. The soybean farmer and, and U.S. farmers in general have a fantastic story to tell. And, and, and in regards to sustainability, we have been taking care of our, our yeah. family land for many generations. And not only in, in my family, but families, you know, farm families across the country. Sure. Sure. Well, and I think too, it's, it's, there's a couple buckets for sustainability there. There's the actual, the taking care of the land, and, but also then just, you know, finding all these new uses that keeps the ag economy, the soybean economy kind of going and perpetuating and continuing to build and be strong. It's, I always, I kind of look at it as two separate buckets there in terms of sustainability, Don. Sure. And, and, and not only do we need to continue to focus on sustainability, but these, you, you're hitting the nail right on the head, and that is we knew we need these new uses to, to continue to come to the marketplace, yeah. as well as as uh, be developed in a larger scale as we as we look to see you know this this continued growth of uh, soybean acres around the world. Don, as we kind of wrap up the conversation, I know folks, of course, can learn more unitedsoybean.org. Uh, go get more information on the website. Uh, How's things looking on the home farm in Indiana? I know spring, it feels like for many of us, spring has gotten here quite early. Uh, what are you uh, watching for? What are you excited about? What are you concerned about as we get into 2024 here, Don? Well, naturally, there's some challenges as we as we begin the year here in 2024 in regards to overall price. But at the same time, a lot of opportunity. You know, it's spring eternal. You know, spring is here and, and as... Uh, as a farmer, you know, it's yeah. that optimistic time of year when we get ready to plant a new crop here in 2024 and really look forward to a, a safe and, and bountiful 2024 season. Yeah, I think that's what it's all about. And uh, 
you know, hopefully uh, subsoil moisture looking okay in your part of the woods. We, we are we are in good shape to start, and like you say, it's it's definitely on the uh, warmer side. Yeah. Uh, but Midwest farmer, I know it can change in a day. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll hope for a good uh, planting season here and a good growing season ahead. Don, appreciate a few minutes of your time here on AOA with us here today at Commodity Classics. Thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll look forward to talking again soon. Thank you. Don Weiss there with United Soybean Board joining us here on AOA. Brought to you by Cenex. Not all grease is created equal. Cenex Premium Grease is made with high-quality ingredients to provide durable protection. Learn more at Cenex.com. We are broadcasting live from the National Corn Growers Association booth at Commodity Classic. Up next, we'll talk markets with Jacob Burks from agmarket.net here on AOA, Agriculture of America. Every Tuesday, we're sitting around the table, sponsored by CHS, where we'll be talking with folks from throughout the cooperative system. Join us as we discover what makes cooperatives unique when there are more options to do business than ever before. We'll learn how farmers and ranchers like you benefit from a system where decisions are made by the members that own it. Tune in every Tuesday for Around the Table or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Join us the first Wednesday of every month on AOA for the latest episode of the Monthly Grind with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association. We'll discuss the latest topics surrounding the corn industry, the relationships between corn and other parts of the agricultural supply chain, the newest initiatives and partnerships from NCGA's Market Development Action Team, and much more. That's the first Wednesday of every month for the Monthly Grind on AOA. It's a show you don't want to miss. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-926-1701. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-926-1701. 800-926-1701. That's 800-926-1701. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey. <laughs> We're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. 
Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. Welcome back to AOA Live at Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas. Broadcasting with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association in their booth, 7405 on the third floor of the trade show here today for AOA. Also, the show brought to you by Cenex. Downtime's a ways to keep your equipment running smoothly by using high-quality Cenex premium diesel fuel. Learn more at Cenex.com. Let's take a look at the markets as we are officially now into the month of March. See a little bit of red in this grain trade again here. Not a lot, but seeing a little bit. It's been uh, quite an interesting week. Corn has uh, had three or four up days in a row, I believe. Uh, how can we finish out the week? How can this market move into the month of March? Let's talk about it. Jacob Burks with AgMarket.net joins us. And Jacob, it's good to see you, buddy. Thanks for joining me. Well, it's good to be seen, Jesse. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure a lot of conversations you're having with growers in terms of just the price of these markets, you know, corn's had a little key reversal, small rally off of these lows we set last Friday. But, you know, at the end of the day, it hasn't been a huge move. I just wonder, I mean, are we did we set a base maybe that we can kind of go sideways and build off of here in this corn market? Or are we still concerned about all the, the bearishness and the lack of fundamental change in these markets, Jacob? I think the answer to one of those questions is, did we build a base? Yes, we have built a base. Does it hold? <laughs> that'll be, uh, mm -hmm. that'll be you know, yet to see. I think right now, as you look at the markets down about six or seven cents, probably the most uh, disappointing part of that is if, if, we could, if we could close above the 434 level in, in May, that'd be a weekly reversal as well. And I think that we, a weekly key reversal. So that was kind of what we came into this morning thinking, hey, man, we, could we finish this thing out strong on Friday? Going through the month of March, going through first notice day, going through all that uh, have to sell mode with the corn, you know, yeah. I think that really pushed us. That that sped up the the deflate the deflating price. Uh, we got that through that. There was a lot of optimism that we could continue, you know, building that back up here as we go into March and continue March uh, through 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 the end of uh, you know even through the spring. Now March seasonally we see some move up, you know, in in like a lion, out like a lamb, right? And yeah. So I don't yeah. know if the lamb's getting slaughtered or not, but we're. we're we're not starting off good to, yeah, here in the month of March. Well, and soybeans were, were a little higher in products in the overnight. We've, you know, we gave some of that back here into Friday. I, I think, though, in terms of corn and soybeans, we've, I know at this point now we've kind of set a lot of those crop insurance prices here. So a little more certainty will be coming out on that. So maybe can that help some farmers? There may have been some folks who – or maybe waiting to see what some of those crop insurance levels were before they did a lot of aggressive marketing. I don't know if that's the best strategy, but I think, you know, there's obviously some of those folks out there. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a huge part of your marketing plan. I mean, there's something you have to get through that month. I mean, at the end of the month, we kind of know what. So the, a lot of that talk has been about, hey, this is where we're at. What kind of uh, structure do I use in my crop insurance? And then how do I market around that crop insurance? Yeah. So, yeah seasonally it's time it's time to make a little bit of move up uh you're talking about starting looking at even the new crop looking at you know how do we uh how do we you know buy some acres and how does that all play out yeah. uh you know i don't know what happened in the <laughs> in the meetings that we saw as far as you know the tax credits and with the 
uh, Vilsack and uh, the EPA head, you know, what's going on yeah. in there, but doesn't look like the, the markets were happy with whatever was said. So maybe, yeah. maybe we'll cross our fingers that something better will come out of that news. Very true. Very true. Well, what are some of the things you are hearing from growers here at Commodity Classic as well? Just thinking about overall marketing and some of the challenges here. I mean, and thinking about new crop and that acreage battle. Yeah. Someone made the comment to me earlier this morning that they feel like this is uh, one of the most indecisive commodity classics they've been to in a long time in terms of figuring out what that spring acreage is. A lot of people yeah. are asking questions and not deciding quite yet. But then on the flip side of that, I know a lot of folks put down, you know, fall application Man. for fertilizer, for corn. I mean, what are you hearing? What could we see with that acreage battle? Do we really think there could be a big shift to, if some of these price levels continue where they're at? I think the most positive view, the most positive thing you have to look at right now with the acreage battle is the fact that cotton has caught a bit. Cotton in down being down here in Texas, uh, you, you you do get to talk some cotton with some guys that that, that drift by the booth, and uh, I think that that could be the most positive thing for. Uh, probably soybeans mostly and in, in, in you know taking some acres out of soybeans putting them into the cotton uh you know you'd like to catch a bit in spring wheat or something like that so where you can see some of those mm -hmm. peripheral acres up in the northern part of the the corn belt you know go over but right now i think that application was strong in the fall because we did have a pretty pretty calm fall pretty dry fall up here in most in the corn belt and i think there was a lot of application put in so those acres aren't aren't leaving corn but i would say that there's a lot of talk about not locking in you know with the the the, the fertilizer the anhydrous that you've already you know you haven't locked in yet that there's, a, there's gonna be some patience here that they feel like it's still a little bit overpriced with that what natural gas has done so there will be some patience and i think there will be some changes and some swaps uh as we go through talking about this through the through the month of march well and what i think too has been interesting is with all this nice weather we've started to see a little more you know we've seen some early application here in the last few days some folks getting a head start on some of that and we know that you know we could still see a snowstorm here in parts of the midwest in march and <laughs> april and may even so it's kind of like okay you know getting a head start here but could that change as well so i think i think in terms of your marketing strategy i think you have to have a plan but you have to have b c d e f Absolutely. you need to you need to have those plans but you need to execute them as well right Absolutely. And, and you know the, the the biggest conversation i've had down here and, and i think there's a lot of misnomers too is is the talk of courage calls the market the the, the farmers want to have a bottom uh, yeah. the idea the mentality is man we really want to see that and i'm okay with using courage calls on a portion of your grain and, and when we look at court courage calls they're not courage calls if you don't put an order in to sell so if you buy the call and just hopes that the market's going higher and the assumption that we're going to see a higher price, uh, I don't know that that's a good marketing plan. However, if you put a call and then you place the sell order around where the call's at and that's going to entice you to make a sell, then I'm a, for, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, it's, it comes back to there's a lot of tools in the toolbox sure. to use. Sure. And I know you guys talk about this a lot. You know, find that profit don't don't focus on the, the number per se but find where it's going to work for your organization your operation yeah. and, and and use some of the tools to your advantage here we got to be smart marketers sure. in down cycles right well we, the, the term smart marketer actually means you got to be a businessman you you have to treat your farm as a business or, or it's going to fail and so i think that when you look at you know what's going on right now with crop insurance looking at a profitable sale and new crop there's not a lot of opportunities to do that uh, it's going to be pretty difficult for a guy to look out there and find profitability for 2024 at these levels. 
However, you're looking at, oh, crop, what have you done previously? If you've made some sales at good levels, you know, maybe we can make some sales at a at a lower price and still be at a profitable level. That's something you need to go back, look at the, the profitability of where you're at at this point and then make a plan accordingly. Very, very true. Very, very true. We're talking with Jacob Burks from agmarket.net here at Commodity Classic. Uh, Jacob, let's go to livestock. Uh, cattle, we had a couple days down here in the cattle market, and then Friday, uh, seeing the cattle market rally back a little bit, maybe some of that uh, new month, new money flow type of trade there. But overall, this cattle market has been uh, it's been pretty solid as of late, hasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we're, we've been on a tear since uh you know, the lows that we made coming through the first of the year, it's been in a very strong upward trend. We're at a level when you look back historically, uh, just at, at the charts and, and there, there's some overhead resistance and you, you saw a, bit, you know, a pretty big pullback here this week. Uh, we do have some recovery going on right now with new money, hopefully coming into this, uh, the feeder cattle, cattle market. So yeah, things are strong right now. When you start talking about risk management, I, I, I can't look at that and think about calves hitting the ground right now and not having something <laughs> underneath yeah. the, the underneath them right now to catch them in price. Well, and that's a good point, too, is I feel like this is a good window to to get some hedges in place and things like that. And, you know, really be smart about it, because, I mean, if you think about it, if you lock in a, you know, April fats 186 or, a, you know, March feeders at 250, basically, I mean, you can't tell me that's not a bad price level right then well, there's a lot of profitability again yeah. you know that, that comes into play whenever you look at those type of levels that we haven't really seen many times before yeah. we don't stay up here at these levels very often no and i i think about it too and it's obviously i mean i have no stake in it i've said this before and i'm not a broker i'm not a trader in the future of trading right. you know futures and options it can be substantial but i just look at things like that and, and i hear you know things that folks like you say and look at some of these profitability levels and i go man we just need to be smart about some of these things like in this cattle market make sure we take advantage of what is in front of us because we could blink and we could lose you know 50 yeah. bucks here in this cattle market you know and i think i think the one thing that scared me the most this week is we watched the the dairy prices in class three milk fall yeah. out of bed this yeah. the, the this week and, and you haven't really thought about that because you've had such a good recovery in milk prices and the thing that see the stability in, in in the dairy world and then all of a sudden that price tanks and you think okay what can the spring be like if you start to see more coals if you have to see you know, liquidation of, of the dairy herd. Yeah, very, very true. Jacob, I know you guys have a lot of great stuff available on yeah. your website. You're developing a new app. Uh, just go to agmarket.net for more, right? Absolutely. Check us out. We'd love to chat with you. Jacob Burks with agmarket.net. Always good to chat with you, buddy. Thanks for joining me here in Houston for Commodity Classic. And I know we'll uh, talk to you again real soon. You bet. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Appreciate it. All right, Jacob Burks there with agmarket.net joining us here on AOA, brought to you by Cenex. Extreme cold temperatures put your vehicles to the test. Cenex premium lubricants are made with quality ingredients to keep you going. Learn more online at Cenex.com. Up next, we're going to talk with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association. We're going to get some history about the National Corn Yield Contest. Linda Lambert will be joining us to give us some of that background and talk about this year's winners. That's next on AOA, live from Commodity Classic. Wheat growers of the North, it's time to push performance with Westbred Wheat. With regionally proven varieties like WB9606 with good stress tolerance and WB9719 with outstanding yield potential and excellent standability. Trust Westbred Wheat to help you get the most out of every acre. Now's the time. Boldly grow. Seize the season with Westbred Wheat. 
Performance may vary. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. You're listening to AOA. Here's a check of the markets for the American Ag Network. I'm Jody Heemstra. May soybeans were up early on Friday, trying to finish the week higher for the first time after 10 consecutive losses. There's a range of disagreement about just how big Brazil's soybean harvest will be in 2024. But the one factor the market is finding it difficult to get past is the March free on board price of soybeans trading over a dollar a bushel lower in Paraná, Brazil than it is in New Orleans. It also doesn't help that U.S. soybean export sales have dropped off, as they normally do this time of year when Brazil has a big harvest. Thursday's USDA report showed just 5.9 million bushels of soybeans sold last week. May corn is tentatively hanging on to the largest weekly gain it's seen since July. March corn received its first three deliveries from the CME overnight and seems to be taking the news in stride. Can't say corn's big surplus will disappear overnight, but Friday's announcement on behalf of five government agencies defining the specifics for fuels eligible to be rewarded for making sustainable aviation fuel could have a big potential for the future of corn and soybean demand, possibly within two or three years. Cattle futures have been struggling over the past two days as weakness increased long liquidation due to the market being overbought. Traders had hoped cash would trade higher again this week, but steady cash developed and the February live contract went off the board, leaving a premium in the April contract. Steady cash should be considered a victory, but lower export sales did not provide support. It may be that higher beef prices are affecting international interest, with weekly export sales down 3% from the previous week at 12,200 metric tons. However, domestic demand is holding with boxed beef higher on Thursday. Feeder cattle futures were the receipts of technical selling again as futures correct from being overbought. Hog futures have been impressive over the past three weeks. The June contract has made higher highs in 10 of the past 12 consecutive trading days. I'm Jody Heemstra. Now. We tend not to think about now. We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But sometimes we don't see what's right in front of us. Victory over cancer is in front of us. Right now, cancer research is saving lives. Cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to new discoveries and new treatments and ultimately, one day, victory over cancer. Give to the V Foundation. Right now, one out of every two men and one out of every three women will get cancer in their lifetime. Now is your moment. You may save someone you love, 100% of your donation goes directly to game-changing research. 100%. Donate at V.org. Because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed. AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. 
And thanks for sticking with us here on AOA Agriculture of America as we broadcast live from Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas here today with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association. Today's AOA brought to you by Cenex Extreme Cold Temps. Well, let's put your vehicles to the test. Make sure you have those premium lubricants made with high-quality ingredients from Cenex to keep you going. Learn more online at Cenex.com. Well, we want to focus in on, right now, the National Corn Yield Contest. NCGA, of course, puts that on, and it really, it's a great contest that I think speaks to the evolution of, you know, corn farmers and, and just growing you know uh, bigger and better crops and things like that and it's really always neat to see this contest and the winners each and every year and the yields that they achieve and here to tell us more and give us some of the history on how the corn yield contest got going linda lamber with ncga is joining us linda thanks Good for morning. being with us thank you yeah i appreciate the time so give us just to start a little bit of a backstory on kind of the history of the national corn yield contest how did it, you know, get started, get going, and and what's kind of gone into this? Because I know you've been involved with this for quite a while. Correct. Well, it began 1965. So this is our 59th year. Wow. Next year, we're looking forward to celebrating 60th year um, with four states. We had 20 entries in the contest. I believe the winning yield that was 186 bushels break or something mm -hmm. similar to that. Anyway, um, it became very popular. And so they invited other states in, other contestants. And within a few years, we had 3,000 entries. And then as we made it a nationwide um, program, over the years it involved where we got uh, partnerships so we could share agronomic data that was gathered from these entries. Yeah. And the growers could learn from each other as well. I think, and that's really a great point as well, is that how this has evolved. You know, you mentioned one of the you know, first winners was in the, 170s and now we're seeing yield winners you know i think looking at this year 396 344 425 i mean these are these are amazing yields and i'm sure that that with those partnerships and all that data i mean think about talk about that evolution of how this corn yield contest has changed over the years linda well so the average this year i believe our the national Corn bushel breaker average was 181. Mm -hmm. um, our winners, our state winners, are about 67% higher than the national wow. average. And our national winners are about 130% higher than the national. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it's, it's just, it's amazing, though. And I think that, you know, from getting challenged, I think, by growers having, you know, a contest like this out there that they could say, hey, I'm going to go hang my hat on this. And, and I want to win. I, I want my name at the top here. I think it, it's pushed some of our growers to to do different things and different practices on, on their operation to achieve some of these high yields. Is that kind of what you've seen throughout the years of the contest and heard from some of the winners and more? Yeah, it allows them because there's only a 10-acre plot that they need for the contest plot of one continuous hybrid. So they can practice new practices, new trials, new techniques, um, all the rates learn from their neighbors what is my neighbor doing that um could help me on my my farm they learn from each other from the data that's collected and that we present every year after after um, the winners are announced um learn from each other and try and get their own high yield and beat yeah. their own best 
Well, and of course, you know, the contest is expanded now and, and, you know, NCGA members, you know, obviously taking part. And I mean, it's uh, talk about how, how things have really expanded over the years. I think, you know, it's something that, like you said, next year you're going to celebrate 60 years and you started mm-hmm. with just a handful of states and now to where we are today. Um, talk about some of the work on the back end of that from, from your guys' perspective. Okay, well, it is a membership driver for our organization. So you must yeah. be an NCGA which slash state member um, to enter the contest. So it is engagement with our members and through our partners with the seed companies, it also engages all of us. So it marketing tool for the sponsors as well it's all we all work in cohesion together and come together um well and i think too it's it's interesting how this has all evolved you guys have so many different categories as well in terms of the yield contest i mean that's something in itself as well that all the there's different management practices that kind of you know, it's all segmented out here nowadays, and it's really impressive. Well, it is. I mean, we have the irrigated, conventional, no-till, mm-hmm. and then all those in between, the mulch, the ridge, the, um, what are the four? <laughs> <laughs> ridge, mulch. Yeah. Strip, strip and, and um, mineral. Uh, mineral, yes, mineral. yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we have those in the Corn Belt states and in the non-Corn Belt states. Mm-hmm. So A and B are kind of the same. One are in the corn belt states and some are not in the corn belt states. And then um, this year we piloted a new nitrogen management class, which we're anxious to get off the ground. Um, We want to learn from it because there's many features to gathering how much nitrogen is applied Mm -hmm. to each plot. So there's many (laughs) mappings and application rates. And when was it applied to determine the minimum I mean, the maximum is 180 pounds of nitrogen. Mm-hmm. So what is the highest yield that can be achieved with that 180 pounds of nitrogen yeah. for the field? Yeah, it's it's great to see. And I think a lot of those management practices and some of the folks who are, are taking part in the in the yield contest, you know, they're able to apply that back to their broader operation. And I think that's a great aspect as well. If the trial is working and they're achieving great results, you're, you're correct. They will apply it to their whole operation. Yeah. But the contest allows them to just practice on a small piece of that, mm-hmm. that piece of that land, ten and, acre plot. And like you said earlier, they get to share with their neighbors, and hopefully, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, so to speak, and they can, you know, help their their neighbors down the road to achieve better yields potentially on their operation as they share notes and compare data. And I know some of your your partner sponsors, I think of you know, BASF Pioneer course for 2023. It's like you're able to share some of that data around um, throughout the industry and really try to help That's rising our goal. tides. <laughs> that yeah. is our goal. Yeah. Yes. Um, to be engaged with us and be engaged with others. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So if, if folks want to take part in the corn yield contest, take it ahead here to 2024. You mentioned, you know, NCGA membership, state member, et cetera. I mean, what are some other things they have to do? Can you can you walk through just that process? Of well, taking the process. Part? Okay, so the contest will open May first, okay, and close mid-August. So it's typically a three and a half month entry period, where they have to create that entry, and then day after that contest entry closes, the harvest result opens up. Now, mm-hmm. some of our southern growers, there's very few that need to hold on to that data for just a minute till we get that harvest open, but harvest entries are open 
mid-August through end of November, where they will submit the results of their their test plot. Definitely. Okay, great. Yeah. Are, are you seeing a lot of some of the, the same members who are taking part as well from year after year? Some of the same, some of the same corn growers are, are continually achieving some of those top yields year after year, or is it getting to the point where it's kind of diversified? It, it both. Okay, <laughs> we all have, right. We have some. <laughs> I call them my long haulers that have been in it for many, many years, and new people pop in. Um, it really varies. We're, we're continually sure. growing our our base and, and getting mm-hmm. new members. Um, some get tired of doing it. It's, it's a bit of a commitment to get that supervisor out there to um mm-hmm. record the yield for them yes. and because we do want that third party verification verification kind of, on yep, it yep, definitely yeah well what i think is really neat to kind of tying it in with commodity classic you know all the winners uh the winner's circle um just the recognition they get here at this show of course i think is is kind of ties back into the whole you know i want to hang my hat on being a, a top winner here in mm-hmm. the national cordial contest mm-hmm. so it's it's really great to see some of that recognition year after year at commodity classic isn't we're, it Linda? we're very proud to to honor the winners here at classic and give them the recognition and the promotion that they so well deserve um i know we have our winner circle reception which is bringing together state national winners across the nation and and just toasting to their success yeah that's what it's all about definitely mm-hmm. final thoughts here we got about a minute linda mm-hmm. anything you would you would share or if you were to to give an elevator pitch so to speak to to corn growers listening in who've maybe never taken part in the corn yield contest i mean what would you say to them or, or what would you reiterate to folks who've maybe been taking part in the contest to continue doing it give me a call <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough that works. give me a call we'll talk um it's always worthwhile um you'll learn something whether good or bad yeah. it'll you, you will learn something it's a great experience and you'll have a community of support to, to be engaged you. with with yeah. exactly and yeah. give and give linda lamber a call <laughs> and she will fill you in on everything you need to go about the national cord yield contest with ed cga well linda i really appreciate the time thanks for joining us here uh, at commodity classic and just kind of sharing the history of the backstory of the corn yield contest it's been great to have a conversation thanks my so much. pleasure hey thank you Okay. Oh, fantastic. Linda Lamber there with the National Corn Growers Association joining us here at Commodity Classic on AOA. And we are not done here with our friends at NCGA. Coming up next, we're going to talk about how NCGA, Commodity Classic, how things have evolved here over the years since it became Commodity Classic officially back in the 90s. We are going to talk with Beth Musgrove coming up next here on AOA. Today's program brought to you by Cenex. Downtime is a waste. Keep your equipment running smoothly by using high-quality Cenex premium diesel fuel. Learn more at Cenex.com. Again, you can find more online. Just go to Cenex.com. We will be back to wrap up today's AOA live here from Commodity Classic in Houston, Texas. It's been a great couple of days here. We're almost at the finish line. We'll talk more about the relationship between NCGA and Commodity Classic on the way right after this on AOA, Agriculture of America. In 
Iraq. Our truck hit a roadside bomb. I had about 16 surgeries on my hand so that I could regain function. And when I came home, I needed a new roof due to a storm. And my electrical was deemed unsafe. And I was about to lose homeowner's insurance as well. I didn't really know where to go in order to get help. And so I applied for Operation Homefront Critical Financial Assistance Program. They've really been a blessing. Operation Homefront is a safety net. A lot of veterans, they fall through the cracks sometimes. And Operation Homefront, they catch us. It's been a blessing to us. It's a blessing to other veteran families. And it's good to know that when we come home, there are people who are there that care about us and want to see us do well and want to see us succeed. And we feel it and we appreciate that. I would say you guys are angels behind closed doors. Visit OperationHomefront.org to learn more. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. This is Around the Table, where we explore the benefits of cooperative ownership. Today, Justin Cawley, a transportation expert with CHS, will discuss shipping challenges affecting agriculture. Justin, the Panama Canal and Suez Canal are important maritime shortcuts, but recently fewer ships are transiting the canals. Please describe what's happening there. There have been several significant challenges to shipping over the past year. We've seen profound impacts from the drought in the Panama Canal, followed by the challenges with the Houthis targeting commercial ships in the Suez Canal. Well, Justin, why is the Panama Canal important to agriculture? Well, the Panama Canal is essentially a shortcut for those farmers uh, that ship via the U.S. river system to have more competitive access to the Far East. Today, with the, the water situation in the Panama Canal, shippers are, are forced to either light load cargo and um, there's increased cost to ship via the Panama Canal via their auction system. And what we're finding is that the ship shipping grain really can't afford to pay what the ship shipping natural gas are doing or the container ships. And so the ships that are coming from the U.S. Gulf to the Far East are shipping either via the Suez Canal or with the issues in the Suez, now they're shipping via the Cape of Good Hope. And what this does is it adds cost to that shipment, adds about 30% more time as well as 30% more fuel. Well, how will ships being diverted from the Suez Canal affect farmers? The Suez Canal has been an alternative to the Panama Canal for these farmers. Without the Suez in play, they have a slightly longer route via the Cape of Good Hope. The Suez Canal is much more important and impactful for farmers in the Black Sea region to access the Far East. So U.S. farmers might find that they become relatively more competitive to those growers in Ukraine and Romania. It's also important to note that Brazil's routing to the Far East typically sails via the Good Hope normally, and these canals are irrelevant for their access to the Far East markets. Thank you for joining us around the table. Learn more about the benefits of cooperative ownership at cooperativeownership.com. 
When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube. Get the latest bonus interviews, exclusive content, and more with the American Ag Today podcast. Just search for American Ag Today and give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed. AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. And welcome back to AOA, brought to you today by Cenex. Extreme cold temps, well, they put your vehicles to the test. Cenex premium lubricants made with quality ingredients to keep you going. Learn more online at Cenex.com. We're back here at Commodity Classic on AOA. We're broadcasting live with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association. Their booth, 7405, kind of at-the-bar saloon-type feel here to the booth. And really uh, just uh, uh, one of the great partners of the Commodity Classic, of course, over the years. And here to tell us a little bit more just uh, about the history of how things have evolved with Commodity Classic and how NCGA, of course, is a great partner with Classic Joining us now, Beth Musgrove with NCGA. Beth, thanks for being with us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jesse. It's good to be here. Well, you were telling me a little bit here earlier off the air, just kind of the history of how things have changed from Corn Classic to Commodity Classic, you know, back in the 90s. And you've been a part of uh, many of these shows. And just uh, talk about some of that history to start and how how things have really evolved here in the last, you know, 20, 30 years of, of the show. Well, I, th I think it comes down to the vision of our grower committees. And, you know, when I came on at NCGA, it was, you know, definitely because of the new partnership with ASA and rebranding as Commodity Classic. And um, they saw the growth potential and they knew they needed the help with it. <laughs> and um, it, it has just been so fun to be a part of. Um, and be one of the rare people to have the visibility of that developing sure sure well you you said this to me as well earlier that it, it kind of speaks to the, the the mission statement of ncga just how this show has evolved and how it's a benefit to growers etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean it commodity classics really kind of become the pinnacle show in agriculture hasn't it beth it, it absolutely hasn't i'm going to use the word synergy um because it it's it is so beneficial to the farmer attendees, but we have the top leadership of our organization and then all the leadership of all of the state organizations here. We have the top producers with the corn yield contest and other yield contests as it's developed. And we have top industry leaders that want to see them. And then you take in the educational piece mm -hmm. And um, right now, I think the general session is here, and I 
don't remember too many years where we didn't have the secretary of ag here. Yeah. So it, it to me, it's a very um, holistic approach that covers every every facet of our goals at NCGA um, from market development, um, you know, not only from the research side, but from the policy side, I'd say the same thing for ethanol, um, sustainability, and the attendees are here for all of it. And they're, they're here to take in the learnings, the yeah. new product launches. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, I'm just just going on and on because there is just so there's so much inc incredible things, you know, here that, like I said, supports our mission statement of creating and in increasing opportunities for corn growers. And these are family farmers that are here, and sustainability is a priority because they want. <laughs> statistically speaking from our feedback they plan on their ap operation going going on for the next 20 years mm -hmm. or you know per, like 40 more than 40 percent of them are working on growing their operations as well so um it, it's it's just a phenomenal dynamic yeah. and it's kind of that home away from home feel it's an opportunity for for growers to learn, to network, and, and especially from NCGA's perspective, to kind of really engage with your membership really all in, in one room, in one building, right, Beth? For sure. For absolutely. And um this this booth, we don't um we don't do a we we have our our lead staff here that, that are here to visit and talk to people and talk about the work that they do. Uh, but our main priority on this booth is, you know, be proud to be a part of National Corn Growers Association. It's about pride. It's about pride um, uh, showcasing our winners of the yield contest. It's it's just kind of a like a good juju for us. Yeah, no, definitely. So for growers who may be maybe they haven't attended commodity classic in a few years, or maybe they've never been to commodity classic. If you kind of had to, you know, give them that, that pitch to say, okay, Hey, next year's commodity classic is in Denver, Colorado. You should be there. I mean, wh what would you tell them beyond what you've just said to me about the engagement, the networking, et cetera. I mean, what would you really say to like drive home to them that you need to attend commodity classic next year? Right. Well, well, the first thing I think I would tell them is if you think that Commodity Classic is a farm show and all the activities on the trade show, um, the, <laughs> there, like I said, there's so much more. There are so many educational sessions. We have the general session going on now. Um, and not only that, this for the first year, 24 hours after Commodity Classic closes, all of the learning sessions will be available for free because you wow. can't attend them all, yeah. you know? So so if you feel like you're going to miss something, uh, it's all available. It will all be available with no paywall this year for the well, first time. And that's that's great. And it's, it's one of those things where you kind of just, you have to be here to experience it. Right, Beth? Right, and 42% and of growers who attend 
plan on attending next year. Yeah. Well, next year it'll be at Denver, Colorado. And I know, of course, and CGA will be there with their presence as well. Beth, uh, appreciate the time and a few minutes with us here on AOA today just to kind of tell us more about the partnership between NCGA and Commodity Classic. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Beth Musgrove there with NCGA joining us here as we wrap up today's AOA broadcasting with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association here at Commodity Classic. The show brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Learn more at Cenex.com. We're out of time. That's going to do it. I'm Jesse Allen. Thanks for listening to AOA Agriculture of America. Every day, our brave military men and women, along with their families, make tremendous sacrifices for our freedom. Patriotic Hearts, a nonprofit organization, is dedicated to supporting these heroes and their families in their times of need. By donating your unwanted card to Patriotic Hearts, you'll be supporting job transition and job fair programs, veteran entrepreneurship, counseling, and retreats for combat veterans and their spouses. Call 800-560-3870. You'll receive a tax deduction and we'll arrange a free pickup at your convenience. Imagine the difference you can make in the lives of those who have given so much for our country. Your car donation will directly impact military families, veterans, providing them with the support they desperately need. Call 800-560-3870. You can become a part of something bigger. Join us in our mission to uplift and honor our military community. Call 800-560-3870 to donate your unwanted card. Teachers are dynamic leaders, shaping a new generation. They bring a variety of perspectives from diverse backgrounds, innovating how they teach to prepare students for our fast-changing world. Achieving this takes skill and expertise. They're tireless explorers, creatively discovering a universe of solutions, telling stories, experimenting, inspiring, mentoring, connecting cultures, and connecting with each other, leading by example. Experience the unique joy of helping students thrive. Teaching is a journey that shapes lives. Are you ready to begin? Explore teaching at teach.org, a campaign supported by the U.S. Department of Education, teach.org, and one million teachers of color.